Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, including Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, and Rick and Morty. I'm Dylan Eisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hello! This is the first of our uh, Rick and Morty coverage. We're going to be talking about every new episode of Rick and Morty's second season, uh, which has just started airing on Adult Swim. This uh, We're regularly covering it along with uh, Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, and eventually some other shows as well. And you can check out everything about us and the podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, just a note, uh, our podcasts are... Con- our podcast content rating are specific to the show in which we are covering. Rick and Morty it is an adult show, so this podcast is not necessarily appropriate for younger audiences, although I doubt we're going to be cur- cursing up a storm on this, although they yeah, do no. on the show sometimes. It'll just be quoting. <laughs> just quoting the explicit just, show, just yes. quoting Rick, that's uh, it. Anyway, let's get let's get into Rick and Morty. So this is our first time podcasting on Rick and Morty. Um, and this is a little bit different from us. We've been we were previously an Avatar, Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra podcast, and we've since covered Gravity Falls and Steven Universe so far here. And this is the first adult comedy animation show we're covering, so I'm a little uncertain of how it's going to go here. But this is there's a lot of depth, I think, to this show, um, so I think we can get some good discussion out of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's let's generally talk uh, us and Rick and Morty for a second. Delaney, you recently marathoned Rick and Morty, right? Yes. Uh, so what did you think when you were marathoning it? Like, had you heard of it before, and what do you think of the show now and stuff? Uh, I'd never heard of it before, except the more I've grown, I don't know if it's just because I'm familiar with it now, but um, the, I, the like, opening, like, Rick and Morty, like, the weird lightning, like, that's familiar for some reason, and maybe I've seen, like, seen that before. Um, so wasn't familiar with it at all until, like, you mentioned it, and then I was like, I'm gonna watch it, and it's, like, I immediately loved it. Like, the first episode, I was just like, this is so great! This show is so bad, and I love it. And by, and by bad, I mean, you know, how you talk about, you know, like, a kind of an appropriate adult show. Like, it's so great, but there's actually, like, some depth to it. Like, I think I got, like, halfway through the first season, I was like, wait, there's, like, plot! I'm amazed! Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't, didn't watch it either when it first aired last year but uh or i guess it started in december of 2013 and kind of split through its airing interesting i think they're going straight through this season i would hope so um but got caught up on it in fall semester last year from college apartment mates kind of a perfect uh college show to watch with everyone and it's it was it's it's so distinctive and pretty incredible um when watching it for the first time there's so many like classic episodes and it's 11 episode first season uh and it's i think it's the funniest show on television i think it's one of the best shows on television and it's totally deserving of coverage talking along talking about it with all the other uh great more uh like a dramatic animated series and this is we're talking about this with the best series on television i think it's just so it's 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 so clever and ambitious, I would say. And this is a perfect example of how ambitious it is. And it's a great episode to talk about for uh for the podcast because it's like kind of I don't know if it's groundbreaking in terms of animation, but it's certainly interesting in how they apply a varying style of animation here. So we're gonna talk a Rickle in Time, the first episode of season two. Uh yeah, so we watched it I think twice now, Dared last night on Adult Swim. I'm aware the first two episodes of the season have leaked, uh, and we're going to record our second one ahead of time, but it's going to be put up uh, during the normal coverage slot, and we'll be talking about this every Monday after it airs at Sunday nights. Delaney, what did you think of A Rickle in Time? It was great. I was. I think it lived up to... I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say, like... I don't know how to like describe it as hype, but like you know, kind of the build-up I was expecting, or kind of the episode I was expecting after having the finale... And, you know, and I love that it started just immediately after we ended on the finale. Like, that's so great. Because um, rarely do shows, especially animated shows, do that. Like, that's not something that usually happens. It's very much a, oh, now it's six months or, like, even a day. Or, like, it doesn't. it's not literally the second. Granted, it's not. It's six months. But, I don't know. It's funny, like, that twist. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was... It like, was... It's, it's odd, like, because... It's not immediately after, but it is. I definitely didn't expect them to continue that plot line right away. It's not. This isn't yeah. the type of the show that is super continuous. There's elements of continuity to it, but it's not a. Uh, it's not an episodic show. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's really like to get this in the first um, episode is great. 
and just the humor in this episode is just so good. And then um, also just the design, of, like they really play around with um, like just the visuals of this ep- like of this episode, and it's nuts. And we've played with time before in this. I mean, it's kind of a thing that our infinite you know times and things like that. We've played a lot with that in the show, and to have it like all at once in an episode was pretty great. And I mean, any more Rick just bumbling around is always great, anyway. Which is essentially the whole show. But I don't know. Just the humor was really on point. I just love having more of um. Uh, her name's Summer, right? I don't Summer, know why. yeah. No, Summer, she well, why? she was not really a character last season, so apparently yeah. she'll be more of a character this season. Kind having of more display. of her is great. Yeah, uh, you saw the first season more recently than I did. Is this does this hold up to the first season humor wise? Um. I'd say so. Uh, it's not necessarily, like, I wasn't, like, laughing the entire episode, but I will definitely say that the humor with um, the mom and the dad were a lot, like, it was a lot funnier and better than, like, a lot of the other scenes that we had with the parents in the first season. Granted, that's also just more of, like, build-up and, like, getting to know the characters, but but I did think it was, like, in that regard, it was, this, this lived up to that, or was even better than... Um, I guess just compl- it was on level with like you know with Rick and uh, Morty and all of them, but I mean it wasn't necessarily like the most hysterical episode or anything. Like it wasn't. I don't think it was funny necessarily like throughout, but they definitely like hit their cues pretty well. And yeah, there's there. I think it's had its moments in terms of humor, but I, I think overall I remember it being. And I'll rewatch the show probably before maybe our third podcast on it it's i remember it being slightly funnier than this episode was i don't think the humor is necessarily the strong suit of this right i, I think do it, think it's like clever though like yeah, this episode it's, is really it's, clever it's really yeah it, the so the a plot is the really standout one here and yeah. i really did enjoy this one i think it's a little bit away from being an all-time classic yeah. uh i'm not sure which episodes specifically of season one are all-time classics probably some of the in the second half of it um, but this is the splitting of the screen and the different, uh, time realities is so interesting and so well done. Uh, and it's, it's very, it's just really engaging, um, from a plot perspective and from a character perspective, they do a really good job of pursuing this, um, kind of interesting on its own plot while also furthering the kind of shallow characters that they have. They're kind of introducing Summer as a, uh, new companion to the uh to the rick doctor you know and having her being a legitimate presence and the conflict between her and morty too of trying to uh impress rick uh and you know furthering rick's character kind of because he has this one serious moment in the episode when he's falling down he doesn't think he's gonna get the bracelet uh so it's nice to have like a genuine moment with him i guess in the midst of his ridiculousness of a character the one sixty fourth like moment of genuine Rick. Yeah, it, it it very much feels like like uh, moments when you get the real like emotional moments with the Doctor and Doctor Who after him just yeah. being absurd the entire time. Yeah, uh, but I think this is very 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 good. Uh, I don't think the B plot is the B plot was like really good, but at the same time, compared to the A plot, it uh, was not there for me. I guess it's also a lot. It was also a lot. I think they maybe spent too much time there. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I, apparently this episode went through a lot of production uh, difficulties, which you can imagine from the varying realities uh, in the I A-plot. don't want to imagine how many, like, sketches and, like, like God, like, watching it is hard. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they the thing with the show is that they animate it. Them, it's like they use a certain animation software. It's not shipped off to South Korea like, you know, Korra or yeah. Gravity Falls or even The Simpsons is. Uh, I think they make it in in-house or whatever in-houses is, but it's with it's obviously not as high-quality animation as those shows, but it still must be a lot of production difficulties on their end. Um yeah, so I I just I think the gimmick in the A plot with the animation and the time is so interesting and clever i feel like it's going to be really memorable down the road in terms of this oh yeah definitely and i mean and it, we started off the season with this and the show is the show stands out a lot to me because of uh it's uh, science fiction 
satire. I don't, I've heard it used be called that. I don't necessarily love calling things satire willy nilly. Like, I don't know, is this satire? Is this satirizing time travel plots? It's just kind of using it straight up to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's use of the one that always stands out to me is I don't even remember which episode it is, but the, uh, the going, the inception parody and going back <laughs> yes. into the, different uh things with the ma the freddy whatever his yeah freddy terror what i don't yeah that that the 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 absurd lengths they went with that character in that episode is so uh distinctive to me remembering the first season and the uh scary terry scary terry yeah and the mr meeksies uh was just really well done these the show does these sci-fi concepts and applies them such hilarious ways and I guess this one wasn't there in terms of hilarity, but it was there in terms of like interestingness. Um, to me, yeah. the really funny part of this was like the the testicle monster, time cop guy, right? He yeah. was. I think that was the the funniest part of it. But uh, yeah, so it, I, that's mainly because he was voiced by. Um, Mike, oh, what's his name? Keegan Peel. Keegan Michael Key. No, it's not. It's uh, it's not Peel. Peel was the guy at oh. the end. The the oh. post the stinger the post credits scene oh, okay uh his friend but it's key and peel this was key not peel yeah yeah no that's uh, that's part of why it's just <laughs> hysterical yeah uh and it's uh, yeah so i i guess i'm hoping for an inque- increase in quality um from the rest of the season because like as great as this is i know the show can be even better like i know that's really high expectations but this show is legitimately great um, and I've heard that the second episode is even better than this. I we I have not watched it yet. Uh, it is out there though. <laughs> uh, it ne- exists. It exists. In uh, yeah. So let's I guess get into some specifics. We've already talked about. We talked about the continuity from last season. Yeah. Um, there's an article on where what did what did you link to? Uh, the uh, Wired magazine. Wired magazine where they talk about how uh, each story the season is not continuous. They're just going to be different. Uh, Stories and there's a really great interview with uh, Justin uh, Royland. Is that I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name and Dan Harmon and the writing crew and stuff like that on the AV Club, uh, where they talk about how they each want each episode to be a separate jumping off point. They talk about more interesting things than that in that interview. I'd recommend checking that out. But uh, it's they say each episode should be a jumping off point. Basically, we're not going to see continuous plots here. Uh, in the Wired article, they talk about how they're not going to bring back the evil uh, Morty from last season. Right? They they basically yeah. say that. They don't yeah. explicitly say it, but like basically the show is not going to have some really interesting long running plot line that it kind of gets hinted at at the end of the first season. Like that, it got pretty interesting, but it seems like they're going to just do separate stuff for this season. Then in the next two ones, maybe they can pull some stuff together, um, yeah. which is kind of annoying as like, because the show does have a big fandom. So like to the, those like deep fans of the show, but at the same time, like the show is capable of incredibly high quality, uh, individual episodes so i'm i'm not upset about this yeah i'm not and then and they said like that they do plan on something being tied up later which i'm fine with and though kind of like what i really enjoyed was that like i was just so surprised in season one that some things seemed to be linking together but like that's not like that's not what the show is yeah it was was, the end of that first season is has such a powerful effect i think because yeah just because of how how deep it gets and how you don't think it's going there and then it kind of does, even though it's not actually tying that much together and going into that much of a continuous plot. It just, just the levels of which their plots range. It's just really, uh, really, I don't know, has an, has an effect. There's a better word for that, but yeah. Yeah. So back to the specifics for this episode, this episode though, uh, the A plot, uh, oh yeah, the new intro. So the intro in the first season has things that never happen, right? That's the, yes. that's the big thing. Like including, I was trying to mark things off mentally. Including uh, the dad giving birth and stuff like that. These things yeah, don't happen. I was happen. disappointed. I was waiting for that one for a while. <laughs> like, I was waiting for that one. And we'll have to watch this new intro a few times to, I guess, get it. I, was, I wrote down mole people, robots, robot Mortys. I'm not sure. I don't remember. And yeah, it was, it was Robot Rick and Robot Morty, and then Robot Rick, like, shot him in the face or something. And then there's a lot of Ricks, and, uh... Which is typical, I mean... And then there's even more stuff than this, too. Well, we had the many Ricks before, yeah, that Rick Council. Yeah. Was that the second-to-last episode of the season? Something uh, like that, yeah. The many Ricks, then the many Mortys, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That, and, like, that... all of the last three episodes have, like, Rick in the title, and it's like, what? Well, all of them. <laughs> Not all of them, but, like... Almost all the episodes of the show have... Have Rick in them, including <laughs> including this one. Including this one. <laughs> Although next episode is called Morty Night Run, so Morty Not Rick. Interesting. And the third episode of the season is called Auto Erotic Assimilation. 
So there you that's go. That's gonna be great. I don't know what that means, but that's no, me. it's so good. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. So we talked about how this uh, animation thing. Um, let's talk specifics of it. The subtleties of uh, Summer and Morty, like just swapping places in the beginning. That's kind of how it breaks apart. They tie it together in that uh, Morty and Summer are, like uncertain, and Rick's always very certain of what he does, and like that causes um, time splits. Which, I, like, the show has its own rules, but I also think this, like, kind of makes sense in terms of how science fiction often approaches uh, separate timelines, right? It's like all the, the, you know, the common thing you hear is that uh, there's branching universes based off of, and, like, Doctor Who like did this one at one decision. point. Like, any any possibilities you have, there's an alternate universe where that happens. So I guess that's what they're talking about with the certainty stuff. And they frame it in a way which is really good for character building or characterization for... Uh, Rick and Morty and Summer and it's just really cleverly done I also like if this is a parody of this multi-universe type theory that yes good because it's dumb and everyone everyone thinks it's true but it's like dumb but (laughs) regardless of whether like it checks out science wise who cares right the show is 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 uh speaking of this show's universe by the way we have to mention <laughs> the tying to gravity falls in the first season it's not related yes. but this is just uh they talk about it in the av club uh interview that i mentioned earlier and uh like they send things through the timeline and through the portal in the first season and it pops out in an episode of gravity falls that aired a year later which is great because <laughs> justin yes. royland and uh, alex hirsch the two creators of the series are friends they posted a tweet alex hirsch tweeted recently with a picture of all of them uh they both come from the say they both come from fix hooks i think on cartoon network yeah uh I think I said this in a previous podcast. Cartoon Network really uh, like a hotbed of animation talent. There, it's oh, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Like Rebecca Sugar coming out of uh, Adventure Time. Adventure Time is a huge, a ton of talented people going for it. Um, and apparently, for Shooks, I don't know that sh- I'd never watched that show. I had just these two, who are two of the br- <laughs> most brilliant minds on television right now. Honestly, uh, these shows. It's interesting how you com- to compare Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty because one's like a quote-unquote children's show and one's pretty obscene and yet they're pretty yeah. similar shows in certain out in certain aspects well i mean in premise they're very similar even in premise yeah like, and just it's I don't well, know, it's it's nice to be talking about both of them because i feel like they're pretty yeah. synchronous shows or or whatever what have yeah. you and uh Okay, I don't know any other any comments on the 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 uh, Gravity Falls tie in last season. It was just cool, right? Yeah, it was just, and it, especially because I was watching them both at the same time. Oh yeah. Or yeah. I had just finished Gravity Falls, and then I started Rick and whatever. I don't remember which order. I think I watched Gravity Falls first, and then I watched Rick and Morty, and I was like, wait, what is that? Yeah. So it was cool to do that and like see them both because I marathon them both so close together. You never see these like tie-ins on TV that are this well done and stuff like that. It's no, just very yeah. good. Okay, back to this episode though. We're <laughs> jumping all over the place. Uh, yes. The back back to the animation time concept. Oh, there was something good. about um, going back to that. Is, like the uncertainty. Like there is like an uncertainty principle, and like I enjoyed that. It's kind of like a play on that. I can't remember the guy's name. Like there, it's yeah. a thing in physics and like the uncertainty principle and like yeah. I just enjoy when things like that happen, and it's great. And, of course, it does make sense. And, of course, the giant joke at the end, that is amazing. That is amazing. Which... which I don't think they're making it for... The time. So great. Yeah, the Einstein stinger at the end. I don't think that they're making the episode for that joke. I feel like that came out of it, right? No, it's just just one of those things that it's just really funny. It's just very good. And it just... It ties a lot together, because also Peel gets in there, and it just makes makes everything make sense. (laughs) Uh, the other thing I want to mention is, uh, Rick fighting himself in the multiple time splits was incredible. Uh, that's just such a Rick thing to do to start thinking yourself is gonna, uh, come after you, a different version of him. And then the delay was beautiful to watch. The delay? Like the delay, like when, when it, when it was about to happen. Cause like, and away we go. And the other yeah, yeah. Morty and the other one was got sassy. Which <laughs> yeah. Morty pretty... got, Morty said, uh, you mean drunk. And then, uh, that caused him to not pause <laughs> the button right away. Yeah. There's a, I, I, there's like a few of those. I feel like it's not one of the, these articles like, or the review uh, there's, I also read the review on the AVP club on this and I'll quote it in a second, uh, which I thought was well done. You can check that out. Um, the review by somebody, uh, Zach Handlin, 
Uh, they have a few good. I've been impressed with AV Club's quality of the AV Club's coverage of animated series. I think their uh, their core coverage was great. Their Steven Universe coverage was great, and their Kenmoji coverage seems very good too. Uh, also, the Gravity Falls is pretty good too. Okay, so the episodes. Good job. Good job, AV Club. The Rick's fighting himself. Yeah, and then the, how it shoots through the frames. I, I feel like they break the rules a little bit with uh, how he's shooting at himself, and it like yes. actually the bullets go over the frames and stuff. But it looked really great, and I don't even care if they break the rules in that. Uh, and, oh, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of things like that in different episodes where like, there's animation like flub but it doesn't matter because it's just great well it's not even a, this is a, obviously a purposeful thing yeah like it's an inherent part of what they're doing uh what else from this uh just entire interactions with the different timelines to get for you just the fact that rick has it the various timeline time universes represented with dots on an old <laughs> monitor it's such a rick thing to the, so sh- the show is a pretty distinctive aesthetic getting into sam talk here of uh it's just like rick is has this incredibly high-tech technology and stuff he jumps to varying universe he's the only one that can do that yet he's using like 80s yeah he's technology. stuck in the 80s and it's amazing yeah and it's 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 it looks it feels and looks really cool and it's like how is he doing as a technology guy it doesn't make any sense to me and i but i i rarely question it that's the good thing about the show the show you makes you really question its absurdity i would say well i think that's a lot of it's part of the whole like you know i mean not you know we were talking about you know satire well that's kind of the whole like this is all comes from like that's really when sci-fi was like you know the 80s sci-fi so like that's really what this is coming from like movies like war games and things like that so like i think it's really funny and like part of that that's part of like what's funny about the entire show is that you have him and then like he's still stuck in the 80s and like that's a lot of where all these tropes and things begin yeah the show on a very broad level the show is comes from a place of uh Back to, it's Back to the Future, Doctor Who, and like general sci-fi parody, right? I feel like yeah. those are the three main factors here. It's to me, it always seems like uh, mostly a Doctor Who type of thing, parody in terms of at least the character interactions. Yeah. Um, but like at the very core of the show, it's it's Back to the Future, just inherently yes. with the characters, yeah, with Rick. Um, and you uh, you can of course you can see like the little pilot uh, that uh, Justin Rowland made of the characters from like. 2006 or 8 or something and it's i don't know if you've seen this uh but it's on, it's on it's on youtube it's incredibly inappropriate but it, I was, <laughs> it's very good. Um, good and then he went away from it and then came back to this concept that he made uh i'm sure if you youtube like brick and morty pilot or something it, it would come up uh but yeah and then so we have this entire thing with the varying timelines and the animation interestingness and then we get the I, I say time cop. I don't think they actually say that on the show, but that's a gravity falls thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, is, is tentacle monster, uh, key, uh, key, uh, Blendon Blandon. Yes. <laughs> Are they the same? Who's better? Oh, that's such a tough question. I mean, this I'm, guy's much more competent than Blendon Blandon. Well, but that's part of Blendon's charm is that he's completely incompetent. Yes. But granted, at the same, well, I don't know if it's points in his favor or against his favor that, um, Key says ass like an absurd amount of times. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. It's pretty great, yeah. Like like my favorite is like the end where he's like, You ass and ass like really? Like was that necessary? Like, like five times, yeah. Yeah. I it wonder, didn't even make sense. You wonder if that's improv. I assume it sounds improv, <laughs> but like they, a lot of times you don't give the writers enough credit like saying things are improv. Uh yeah. What, what did I want to say about this? Oh, this is if this episode is the Rick and Morty version of the Time Traveler's Pig of Gravity Falls. Uh, there's a there's a lot of Rick and Morty episodes to like play with time, but this I guess is yeah. the one that's closest to it. That's my favorite episode ever of Gravity Falls. Now, this one I don't think is. I'll take that over this episode. But this episode is also very good. Yes. Uh, so what do you think of uh, this uh, tentacle monster as testicle monster, not tentacle monster, testicle monster as uh, Summer calls him? <laughs> yes. Are oh, we- it's just. It's just he. It's a, It's just so funny. He's just like, so, he's so absurd. He's this. He bubbles in like that was such a Doctor Who like sudden like what the hell is this? He just appears and then. He, um, he, and he he calls himself what uh, omniscient, uh, omni. Oh yeah, well, I'm or whatever not, being and and that's like omniscient immortal. And he's like, I have better. Yeah. He's like, and that was so funny. He's like, I'm trying to get up in the world. I'm like, how can you get better than this? Yeah, which is the joke. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's so he's from the fourth dimension, which totally makes sense. Like, yes. I feel like that's the concept of him. He's from the fourth dimension. That's time. <laughs> so, like, oh, you're screwing so. with time. He would know. And I don't know. It makes me think of. Uh, the what blanking on the name the inception next movie from him 
uh yeah that movie you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't know if you've seen it but uh we can... vague notion of what you're talking about christopher nolan interstellar there you go oh it's inter- no, I... interstellar gets into this varying dimensions thing kind of spoilers for the end but i, I was <laughs> i think that rick and morty handles the varying dimensions much better than interstellar does uh i don't have you you have not seen interstellar Correct. I feel like you would rage at the ending. A lot of people rage at the, at the end of that movie. No. Okay. Maybe I need to watch it so I can yell at it. You should. It's, I, I love it, though, because I'm a sap for this type of, that type of ending in that movie. Yeah, he's this this uh, this uh, time cop testicle monster guy is just incredible. His gun. And his gun. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> this is Chris. <laughs> you, you, you killed my gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absurd. And. The AV Club review points out how Rick is kind of grossed out at the gun, despite the fact that he's just he's so entrenched in all this other weird alien stuff. Yeah. Like this is the one thing that gets him. That's like a third. Yeah, I guess he's interacted with this uh, fourth dimension species at some point before to steal the crystal. Yeah. Also, uh, I enjoy that completely. Like we're so past the point of being shocked that he steals things. It's just oh like, yeah, that, that was very in, in character. Yeah. Like duh. Uh, Which I guess is kind of like a Doctor Who thing, too, is just kind of being like, yeah, I did this. Who cares? It's very very much a Doctor thing to do, yeah. Like, he's like 9 and 12, like, mixed with I don't know who. The big difference just... between Doctor Who, I mean, we're kind of jumping from generalities to specifics, but uh, in Doctor Who, the Doctor is, the Doctor's species is like the most powerful thing in the universe. Um, whereas, so they're inherently kind of dickish. Whereas in Rick and Morty, the Doctor's just a dumb human, and there's so many, he interacts with so many more powerful beings, right? Like, isn't yeah. that, that's it's it's an interesting distinction, and it gets a lot of comedy from the fact that the Doctor's just uh, some genius human who, I guess, it's 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 absurd how much smarter Rick seems to be than everyone. But at the same time, <laughs> yes. it's like kind of a positive feedback loop in him interacting with them and acquiring more knowledge of the universe and stuff like that um they say something about loops in this episode don't they feedback yeah they say feedback loop of like um because they're so uncertain and like oh yeah he's like yelling at them yeah that's very that's it's like that's still before the fourth split i I am a fan of feedback loops in in theory so i like mentioning feedback loops uh what jokes before we get into the b plot or yeah, what jokes from the A-plot stand out? So I have the red grin grumble of knowing what's going on. Um, and then they start laughing at it, and then Rick's, and Rick's like, I made that up. It's think for yourself. Don't be a sheep. Don't be sheep. It's, it's, it's a very much a... It's As a viewer, like in in the... Whatever, one of the... One of these three articles I've talked about, it seems like they, uh, they say that this was kind of added at the last minute. This seems like very much a self-referential joke about the show because of him like referencing things and uh this one to me really works because uh it's kind of satirizing this show itself which i think this is a perfect time to do it in the season second season introduction and it's also just generally funny because like how often does everyone do that like all the time yeah it's yeah and it's great (laughs) morty and summer would both do that actually yeah and there's even there's a reference with um oh when fourth dimension guy appears and rick's like he could be the whatever of this of his universe and i was like i have no idea what that is but it sounds funny oh yeah there's another reference i didn't yeah i don't even it's david or something i was like i don't know who that is but okay i assume we're too young and dumb to to know that but i guess we'll have morty in this scenario and yes uh what other I, I didn't i said jokes and i listed this one joke and i didn't list anything uh, else. The, like it was really funny like i was just watching it happen was like obviously morty put his shirt on backwards yeah like duh and then like okay the dad is just a joke anyway like his entire character is a joke <laughs> so everything he does is funny yeah and him pretending that he uh knew what is happening and uh, oh and let's start oh no well this isn't that's not that's the b plot we, we can, can talk about the b-plot. the guy falling off the roof um and then he's okay at the end <laughs> and someone's coming with him in flowers he's like, no. it's black roses she's handing him black roses and i was like you don't do that to someone who's alive that's terrible so very morbid uh so humor there that guy Oh, oh, the in the beginning when she's like, you've dropped so many balls, man. When I saw the trailer for that, I thought she was like, that's a comment people make when they're like, man, that was a good job. Like, you've dropped so many balls. Like, you said that to a guy, and it's like, good job. <laughs> I enjoyed, like, because that's what I thought they, she was talking. I thought she was complimenting him the first time, like, the trailer. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? No. What? <laughs> like, when people are like. No, like, no. When did it happen in the episode? 
Oh, when um, it's like literally the beginning of the episode, and he, she's like, he's like, she's been like, you've been vacuuming wrong for the past six months. Yeah. The cons. How about the concept of them just existing time frozen for six months? I don't buy it. <laughs> you don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy I mean, how you freeze. I also don't buy how you freeze time for everyone else except you. But it, the show doesn't make you think about it for that long. Again, yeah. in handling its uh, its uh. I don't know what you would call it well. Uh, so let's talk about the B-plot. Um, the the highlight of the B-plot has to be the usage of Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the B-plot it, the B plot itself is uh, the mom being, t- like, doing Typical surgery on the deer. The deer instead of a horse and the, all this stuff with the hunter. And uh, it's on its own. It's funny. I think that... Um, like in comparison to the a plot it kind of falls short i have a quote from the av club review zach handlin i think he does a good job of stating this i agree with him my only real reservation with the episode is that while beth and jerry's storyline is a lot of fun it doesn't complement the main storyline it's a tricky criticism to make because i'm not sure i'd want to see the writers start forcing connections but the result is two plots which while great on their own don't add to anything don't add up to anything more than themselves a really great entry of the show has multiple plots that tie together in a way that will that makes them all more interesting so it's like when you're writing a review of this episode you can't say like the theme of the episode is this (laughs) you know like which is like if you want to satirize current uh, television criticism talk about how reviewers always try to find the big theme in an episode yeah. of television uh but you can't do that with this because they have nothing to do with each other um well they do make fun of themselves though because the rick has the i'm sure they're stuck in whatever like it does yeah he, yeah that, that's another great uh, joke is uh i forget the exact quote but rick referencing them because the first season one of the first season struggles is how to deal with the rest of the family um and a lot of the b plots weren't up to snuff although the best bone is the uh, Mr. Meeksies, because uh, that that wasn't even with Rick and Morty, which was great. No, it yeah. was so good. I, I did rewatch that episode uh, before this last night with friends, and uh, that episode's very good. <laughs> yeah, yes. That episode also has very di- pretty distinctive plot lines, although I think it feel feels better than this one. And also takes all of the tropes and just jams them in the trash can. It's great. Also, that, that episode's very dark too. This episode yes. much less <laughs> less dark. Yes. Than. As dark as the pilot, which you can find on YouTube, both involve uh, inappropriate things to uh, Morty. Interesting. Oh God, <laughs> I'm not sure if which which would be darker. That is not a productive discussion now. But uh, it's yeah. So I don't know the B plot. Like it's fine, but the jokes are great. The jokes are fine overall. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's just such a, I mean, it's kind of boring, but very typical of, like, granted, we're getting more of, clearly, like, all Beth cares about is, like, operating on horses, and, like, it's really funny, like, the, I mean, granted, it's the running gag, oh, you're a horse surgeon, ha ha, and then, like, Jerry just being, like, what does Jerry even do? Doesn't he work for, like, an ad agency, and he's constantly ragging he on his wife? for an ad agency, yeah. Like, really? And then, I mean, I think, I thought that was, granted, we got... I do like seeing Beth get angry because, like, in a lot of the first season, she doesn't really do anything. But then, like, in episodes like these, she's like, ah, and she like, has a character, and you can see where her and Rick are related. Like, wow, crazy runs in the family. That kind yeah. of thing. I mean, I don't, Beth's, I think they're going to do better with Jerry and Beth's characters. Yeah. Beth is interesting. Uh, more yeah, interesting. Beth cracks me Beth up, is like, more interesting than Jerry as a character because yeah. Jerry's too much the bumbling uh, guy in the beer commercial. Um, yes. which, and Beth is the competent one, but she has, she has the stuff about uncertainty with her marriage, but there's a lot of genuine moments with her. And I feel like we're going to get some better Jerry stuff, which would be good. Uh, yes. this episode was good cause it gives Jerry, uh, he's, is competent at the end with like setting up the, ab- yeah, he actually does something, yeah, even though it's just absurd, but it's, <laughs> so let's talk about the real highlight of B-plot, Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> oh my God. Let's start at the beginning though, where <laughs> First, he gives them $500, so he has to be known that his favorite ice cream place is Cold Stone Creamery, and you need $500 to go to Cold Stone Creamery. So, for, yeah, so oh great. yeah, kind of subtly, yeah, satirizing how much that place costs. Uh, <laughs> talking about Cold Stone, like, first of all, it's like a running, there's like a running joke in my college friend group with Cold Stone, so it's like even funnier to me, but I don't know, just the, how, do, why are they using Cold Stone here? So let's talk... I don't think this episode is sponsored by Coldstone. That's the thing. Cause, <laughs> is it? Because Community, like the show Community, the other Dan Harmon show, um, the past two seasons had a, or I guess 
season and then the one before. I don't know, because Dan Harmon left at some point. They had a Subway-sponsored episode, which is very parodying of Subway, but it's also very clearly sponsored by Subway, and they, <laughs> they self-reference that constantly. And then they do it, did it again last season with Honda. Um, but these are ones that are very clearly sponsored by those companies. I'm not sure if Cold Stone <laughs> sponsored this episode or not. I, I genuinely the don't know. I probably not, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's the thing when they kept talking about the singing. I have never had anyone sing to me. No, that's so that's favorite. the thing. So they they say uh, they sing no matter how much they tip. They, that's so the he thing. Had to- if you tip someone at Cold, the the cultural knowledge, you've tipped someone at Coldstone, they will sing like in thanks or something. But I don't know if they do that as much anymore. Also, no, one I don't tips even know them, if that's so. real. It's it's it was real at one point at least. Also, but who like honestly who's gonna tip at Coldstone though because it costs like twenty dollars to get like <laughs> one cup of ice cream. That's the other thing. Like so he gave them five hundred dollars and then when they're in the car he's like how do we want to spend our twenty dollars? <laughs> so at first you're like oh my god they spent four hundred eighty dollars buying ice cream and like that's not even like unrealistic. It's like very exaggerated and hilarious because it's how expensive Coldstone is. But then she's also like they'll do it like. They'll sing them or how many times you tip them. So it, I wonder how much you tip them. So it's like, did he, how big of a tip did he give them? Like, but then of course at the end of the episode, you're like, okay, so he gave them a lot of money. That's why they felt obligated to like do all this stupid stuff at the end with the lights. So like on one hand, also, when does Coldstone have a van? Also, like, like it doesn't. I guess they have a van to transport it. On one hand, you're <laughs> explaining the joke, which is bad. On the other hand, I that it really does come together, and it's not obvious. So you, good <laughs> so, job, good job explaining like, all of it's this. It's so great. Yeah, it's that's just I don't know, and the the rum raisin that joke is that joke <laughs> no, is really bad. Raisin. That might be the that might be the show's lamest joke ever. I will oh, wait, say that. But to be fair, it was said by Jerry, and Jerry is like the dad, the- yeah. And he's like the lamest person, yeah. so like it's okay. What other? What else happens with Goldstone here, other than um, the ice cream lights? That made no sense. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Maybe that's a joke of how dimly lit Goldstone cream. I don't is. know. I I don't. I I <laughs> did not take anything <laughs> profound away from that. That I just seemed know. absurd. Uh, like- Goldstone cream relights. Well, I guess maybe it's because like ice cream would melt. I don't know. The stuff with the uh, the stuff with the surgeons or the vets inside there, and <laughs> the lawyer and the so hunter. Bad. Like I f- like, there's a plot of an entire episode which is about like hunting laws and like legitimizing this uh, terrible thing, right? And that's kind of what they're satirizing, but they do it in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It felt very much like a, like a kind of like a really dumb Law and Order episode. Yeah, which I guess <laughs> is what they're going for too. Um, the the highlight to me is the the vet uh, saying that she takes an oath that no animal comes yeah. to harm except in her listing everything, ending with uh, and and uh, eating, eating them with every meal, eating them with every meal, which is I think res- hit home with our the audience here of two vegetarians, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we were very, we were very much in favor of this line. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> And oh god, it was just Inclu- it was really euthanizing, funny. and they list other stuff too. Yeah, that was great. Just it's sat- like euthanizing, and then like can- she even mentioned like putting them in a kennel. Let's satirize vets themselves, which is kind of what we're doing with the entire character of Beth, but even more <laughs> so a, here. It's a horse heart surgeon. Like that is like the most specific <laughs> even, thing. Even more so here. Yeah, and I don't, just thought the laws with the hunter. What were they doing to that snake? Like. <laughs> Yeah, what were, I don't know what they're doing. It's like, it looked like they were taking like its blood pressure, but I'm like, why do we need to know the snake's blood pressure? Do vets have nurses? Is that a thing? <laughs> That's another, see, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> That's my nurse. That, they were, okay, really, they were making fun of like an episode of like ER. That's what was going on. Yeah, but I don't So I, it's like when we talk about it, like the B plot had a lot going for it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I just think in conjunction with the A plot, it doesn't come together great, like that quote I read said. Yeah. Well, and then, although I think the best part of the B-plot was the lawyer going, like, give in to the dark side, Beth. <laughs> like, yeah, that law- I don't... Like, the lawyer literally had devil horns. That's, like, what his hair looked like. It was great. He was, yeah. I, it was, like, an absurd actually, character. Like, I will say, I d- actively did not like the, uh, you have to state your incompetence at the end of that. I feel like that didn't land for me. Like, no. that joke. Well, I think that w- I think the only point of that was, like, to, like lead you not so you'd be like jerry's an idiot good job jerry yeah and then be like oh jerry actually did something right for once yeah that was the down point that was this episode is this show is constant highs in terms of whether it's uh being clever whether it's being funny whether it's being interesting like and so whenever there's like a slight downturn like 
like that joke in a episode of any other adult animated show except for maybe Archer, uh, which I also think very highly of and we'll cover regularly when it comes back in next year, uh, is like normal. But in this show, everything's great. So the yeah. the slight downturns are stand out, I say. Um, what, well, I, what, what else from the B-plot? Oh, the hunter. And like the moment where he's like, I've decided not to eat it. And I'm like, what is going to happen? And then he's like, I've decided just to put it on my rec room wall. Yeah. So it was kind of making fun of like, I'm laughing, but like the fact that it was making fun of like, Obviously, we would both prefer that the hunter didn't, like, kill the deer and, like, all this stuff. But, like, it's also making fun of the whole, like, oh, I've seen the error of my ways, and this is really unrealistic of how I've changed my mind. This this episode is simultaneously, like, uh, slams hunters and, like, the absurdity of the concept of him, and at the same time humanizes them. Because of how how serious and, like, kind of intelligent he is. It's like, you definitely don't expect that from... They're playing with definitely playing with tropes with hunters. Uh, I guess this is a good time to talk about, briefly, uh, uh, social um, issues and Rick and Morty. Because this is, like, the closest the show comes, I feel like, this plot to being socially conscious. Like, that big joke with uh, the treatment of animals and the... At the, but at the on the other hand, they had that, and they also had the uh, characterization of the hunter, who they're not really making an overall statement on. I would say it's they they, they satirize um, hunting as a concept and how dumb it is, but at the same time, he's all they also humanize him, right? So I don't think yeah. it comes away with any sort of any sense of um, any sense of overall social position. Obviously, the show is not intending to take social stances on things. No. Um, I feel like that is viewed as a negative in the uh, comedy television whatever you know industry yeah. all of these which to me is not good um right. but at the same time is the show socially not progressive right so another thing they have in this episode is the fruit joke right um yeah. so the dad says uh at the end when they're making fun of the goggles that was another good thing good scene we didn't uh, we didn't talk about by the way yeah uh and he's like uh it's fruity but not in a homophobic yeah, way he was Just, like <laughs> clean up yeah. in the fruit aisle but yeah so ultimately what they end up saying from that is that they were satirizing people who use that and try and claim not to be homophobic and they actually are saying something homophobic but again the show itself is not actually commenting on this social issue at all right it's kind of just being neutral towards things and the reason we want to talk about this is because as a podcast i feel like we're kind of being known for (laughs) um talking about things that never get talked about uh in a social um issues context someone emailed us recently saying i love how you talk about uh i think travis said uh, i love how you talk about things i also travis said i love how you apply an element of social critique to your analysis um i think people are often too hesitant to analyze animated works on that level because of a perception that animation is for children and children's art should not should be exempt from social politics um and he says that's bad and we're good for doing that which I think is like, uh, but on the same time, now we're not talking about a children's show, <laughs> and uh, but this, but this is also something that's never not analyzed socially. So like, it's like, should you feel bad for watching Rick and Morty? Right? I said I asked this about Gravity Falls at one point because it's the same thing. It's a very male-dominated show. It's made by all men, um, and it's mostly male main characters. Um, it's there's no diversity. It's all white. Uh, they're all straight, right? So. Yeah. Is there a, is this a negative, or do they have to function within this heteronormative reality to achieve satirization? You feel me? Yeah. So I'm, it's I'm I trying mean, to like. There's not an easy answer response. to it because I yeah, feel like no. there's a legitimate uh, there's a legitimate view that they have to make the characters this uh, suburban white heterosexual family, or else they yeah. can't satirize the suburban white heterosexual family. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But and it's, it's kind of, and by the same token, these like the jokes, like the um, like I think the most important thing to get out of the whole like B plot, like if we're gonna talk from social standpoint, yeah, it was a joke, but like the line, like the animal treatment line from the vet, like yeah, it was a joke, but at the same time, like it wasn't like it wasn't played the way the hunter plot was, like she just said it. And it was kind of like, well... That, that was the closest that I've ever felt the show to making a yeah. stand on something, you know? Because yes. they don't they don't go back on it. It's just, it stands. The line stands and they move on. And it's kind of like, in this, in this way, like, this and the fruit joke are kind of like an opposite to, like, for example, like, minions and, like, the, like, the jokes that are like, oh, you laughed at it because we've been, like, we've been, like, um, pretty much, like 
trying to train to laugh at things like that to think they're funny and something like this like it's funny but it's also funny because like it's wrong and messed up and that that's why it's funny because like like the homophobic joke like oh yeah that's funny because people do that and but also it's these like these jokes i think I don't. I don't want to say they're neutral. Like obviously, the show isn't taking a stand, but by the same token, they're the opposite of a joke that is like, um, for example, like cross-dressing jokes. Like those are in everything, and they're awful. And so you think uh, basically, I think what you're saying is, even though they're not intentionally being whatever, and they are really just not taking a stand because they kind of walk back on it by yeah. having that as a source of humor in the show, they're further perpetuating. Uh, the the uh, bad thing in society, the the um, and I, I'm saying the the discrimination opposite. or whatever, right? I'm saying, well, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, Minions does what you're saying. You're I'm saying, saying this show before, doesn't do that. I'm saying, like, what this is like, this is still like, I'm gonna put in air quotes, good thing. I'm still not, I'm not saying, I'm not still very 100 percent on how I, on the homophobic joke because at first I was like, I don't know, like, I was like, I, at first I didn't know what they were making fun of. I was like for a second i was like wait is it like i wasn't sure which way to take it and like but usually like when you we'd have a joke like that we wouldn't get the whole but not in a homophobic way part yeah it, and then well so okay then, okay so yeah let's talk the bigger one because let's talk the mr meeksies episode Get better getting back to that. Uh, Trigger warnings for rape and sexual abuse, uh, which I think that episode should have before the episode starts. Um, Honestly, I mean, people, there's like, oh, should college classes come with uh, trigger warnings? Um, Yes, because these people can have negative experiences uh, from hearing about this. And someone shouldn't just be watching Rick and Morty and then have to see this whole plot about... Uh, Morty being abused by this fictional uh, absurd character who ends up being the king of the <laughs> of that city, yeah. and that it was incredibly funny, like to me. But I also am not someone who would have that happen in a negative way to them, um, uh, have that apply in a negative way to them. So that one, I feel like, is what we should be talking about if we're talking about Rick and Morty and social issues. Yeah. Um, is that I feel like it's it's hard not to see that and say that it's like obviously on one hand that sh- that joke is making a stand is like making a comment on um the function of sexual abuse and even I don't know towards minors in general in our society maybe it's maybe it's saying that through maybe through satirization it's saying that rape culture is real um so even if it has a positive stance on it it still has this um humorous depiction of something that really affects people in a negative way though yeah so like how can we say that the show is socially progressive or even socially neutral when it does that yeah and then i do think it's also hard to analyze like this i don't want to call like humor because you were talking about you know we hesitate to call this satire well it's like which and that's granted this is also something on them and like how do they want us to take it when they represent it this way do you like yeah so I think the answer is that these the creators of this Dan Harmon, Justin Rowan, and the writers. I don't think they care. That's basically what I, my I would say. Yeah, but I don't think they're like I. But I don't take these jokes as now. Granted, the um the king that one that one was different. I was very like I was like ah, uh, what is going on? This took a turn. Um, I mean, like, so here's the thing with the the king and the Mister Meeks episode. I thought that was really funny. But that also says something about me that I'm capable of thinking that's funny, right? It's it's very yeah. much functions within our perceptions of society. Yeah. Uh, and like like I feel like there's a place for Rick and Morty, and yeah, it's it's you have to understand that the show could potentially be socially um, bad, some some noun form of bad. That's a more complex word that makes me sound more intelligent, even though it. Uh, even though it's satirizing it and trying to uh, make bring things to light in society, it's still made by the establishment with about an establishment, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and the audience, it's it's its audience is the establishment as well. It's going to be twenty male, um, and they're not going to understand that that them making fun of uh, this rape thing. They're gonna, they're not going to take it the same way as maybe it was intended, or maybe they are going to take it how yeah. it was intended, which would be bad. Um, so, like overall, the show is probably from a social issue standpoint detrimental. That's what I was looking for to 
to society, I think. I don't I don't know how you don't argue that given the contents of the show. And yet we're talking about it here in a very yeah. socially progressive podcast. Um well, it first I, of all, I should say that it doesn't it doesn't um counteract the incredibly high critical quality of the show. Like the show yeah. is great. Also, it's probably detrimental to society from a very broad perspective. Yeah. Well, I would I wanna classify that the two jokes in this episode are very different than what like I would say in severity and because what I was thinking about the other two jokes was that they weren't they weren't your typical like you know terrible like this isn't funny like why are we still making jokes like that it was pointing out that jokes like that aren't funny does that make sense uh yeah no it's and, and that's what's funny about you could, it you could say this episode that we're talking about um season two episode one is not detrimental to society at all and that's yeah, fine. I, I definitely think that these like we're de- I, that's what I think that's part of the thing with Rick and Morty is that we're dealing with like not necessarily like kind of like two types of humor like we're still struggling with the whole like shows like Family Guy and things like that where it's like these like we've been like conditioned to think some of these things are funny and they're not funny like they're detrimental to society and it's awful in an episode like um, Mr. Meeseeks and then so you put the Meeseeks episode with the Family Guy side who isn't satirizing the society aspect, but these the jokes in this, like the fruit joke, is satirizing homophobia in society. So it's fine here, but not fine there, right? Basically is what you're yes. saying. Yeah, yes. which, granted, when I, like, I do think there's a part of Mr. Meeseeks that, for me, was, like, a bit deeper than the, uh, like, when um, Rick, like, Rick, one, he doesn't talk to Morty about it, but it's clear that he knows what happened, and it's a conscious, and I, you can take it either way. And granted, that's another thing. This this is a topic that is sensitive, and it's different for everyone, and it's a very private matter and that kind of thing. And like, he doesn't like he doesn't approach Morty, but he clearly like. But as soon as but when he figures it out, he's like, "Yeah, we can leave right now," or like, "We're going to do what you want to do, Morty," and that kind of thing. Which I think that's kind of a good thing. So I'll, you, I think you can argue that the Mr. Meeksix episode. You also need to. Also, the pilot is another one to take into account here is you can argue that these are um, intended to not be detrimental, right? Like you can argue that they're coming from a good place with them. And I think that's fine if you want to argue that. I also think that um, the applications based on the audience and who watches it, it would be hard to think that they would understand this. Uh, Well, it's also it's hard in general with a show like this to like and like you said, like comedy, like it's they don't handle these things well because of traditionally comedy is a lot of source of things that get perpetuated because like you've been conditioned to think it's funny and it's not funny so okay but and backing up for a second a lot of people if anyone's listening to this who's outside our typical audience they probably rage quitted by now but uh it's it's like i understand that me and delaney are talking from a uh a perspective on the world in which uh in which you care about moral correctness not first, but always as a factor. There's never any amorality, even when talking about a show like this. And I think that should be how you view the world or else you're inviting um, uh, bad morality into it. Amorality being a lack of morality. Um, most people would say this show is just amoral. It's not supposed to say anything. And I, th- I think for the most part, that is what the creators would say. It's not yeah. trying to necessarily comment on anything. It's just really funny, really clever, amoral. Um, and like I guess, and like I said, like there's kind of a place for this. Um, but at the same time, who else would call this show out on it while still loving it, if not for us? Like, I don't think anyone yeah. else in the entire world would do this. Uh, at the same time, something that's amoral can still have negative consequences. Uh, like, just a lot of the current online community, um, like the Reddit 4chan type things, um, even if this is just a place to turn the moral blinders off, when there are consequences for this amoral amorality, then you can have negative effects in society. And I think that you should not ignore the fact that shows like this and this is like the good amoral show talking family guy and that type of bad humor. That's the negative effects of it. And not to specifically call it family guy. I think a lot of people, including Mel would argue that. Yeah. uh, And and family guy isn't like, there are some episodes of family guy and like, I wouldn't necessarily classify all of family guy, but family guy has a lot of examples of like, poorly done like humor in this aspect uh yeah and yeah i would i think it's hard like, not to argue yeah. maybe family like, guy transcends it's uh incredibly dumb uh make fun of people type thing uh sometimes but 
a lot of times it doesn't and just that type of show you know that's that's kind of what i'm saying um i think i think i think using family guys example is like a good like oh that's like good like this is what we're talking about yeah so i guess back back to the question yeah it's not specifically them it's what we're talking about back to the question of like so should rick and morty be different from what it is um, and I think that's not clear, even as social as uh, in quotes, because uh, this is an absurd term as social justice warrior. We are on this podcast. Um, I wouldn't even say that the show should change. I think it's ambiguous. Right. Like, that's why I want to yeah. discuss it, though. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard for me to say the show would be any anything but not socially progressive because of the the you know two white male heterosexual as far as you know creators of uh of the show at the same time they can still be there still can be a lot of brilliance from it obviously um but it just should be noted and we're not gonna get we don't need to get this deep every week with the show uh but it's our first one and it should be noted about this uh and i wonder if there's like i feel because i feel like there's a lot of people who are who would say that because of like mr meeks episode that, that we should not uh, cover this type of thing on a socially progressive podcast, um, and I'm not going to say that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. I, I honestly, I'm someone who very much feels like they understand morality and how the world works, um, unlike almost everyone else. Uh, which sounds very full of myself, but believe me, that's the only thing I would say that about in terms of myself knowing how things work. Uh, and even and like I am not sure of uh, how to apply that in this situation because the show is like mostly intelligent mostly intelligent and uh not unprogressive but like sometimes not and i don't know well it's also hard because a lot of the episodes like we're dealing with um the majority of it are sci-fi parody episodes and like honestly this episode and mr me seeks i mean right now are the only two episodes i can think of where we actually have like instances of this like there's Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember the first season. We'll get into it as we as it goes, I guess. But yeah, I but like, there's certain it. like these like it's hard to think of like this like this isn't something that comes up all the time and in, like in, especially in an episodic format, it's like it's kind of difficult to because we don't have like the typical like gag awful yeah, no, humor like constantly. So yeah, it's like you're you're right. We may be overstating this. We may be we may be saying the only examples of it. I yeah. honestly, I watched I watched the first season almost a year ago. Right, I don't fully remember. Uh, and that's part of why we both like the show is because we're not like immediately offended by the humor. Yeah. So that's true. It's not. Uh, it's. I mean, like, there's, like, the jokes. Yeah, my my impression of the show is always that the jokes are more towards the the fruity joke uh, in this episode, right? Like, yeah. it's always like parodying the uh, offensive people themselves, which is much more appealing to me than yeah. than the other thing, right? Yeah, which that's more borderline, like, you would say, progressive than Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah. So, it's kind of, it's hard to evaluate at this point. Yes. And, like, just most of the episodes deal with sci-fi tropes, so it's like, oh, we don't, like, I mean, we'll see where this episode takes us, and, you know, we'll rewatch and be like, well, I don't know, like, are these the only two instances, or... Basically, basically, I would say I think we made a pretty good argument uh, here where we ended up in in favor of treating the show legitimately, actually, yeah. despite the fact that we heavily criticized it. Um, yeah. And I mean, feel free to tell me otherwise. I feel like the problem is if you do, if you don't think that the show uh, is good, then you're not going to be watch- listening now. But yeah. not not critically good, but like societally good. Uh, uh, and. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be talked about in this contest. I feel like we made a good argument that it should be legitimized. I'm not saying it's progressive. Um, it's no Steven Universe. I would say it's on the uh, Gravity Falls side of things in terms of focuses is very heteronormative and is dangerously close to going past the Gravity Falls side yeah. of things, right? Um, yeah. But overall, I'd say no, probably. <laughs> That's the, yeah. no, probably, probably is what I would yeah. say. And we will further evaluate as we get more uh, a higher sample size. And it's also another thing, these jokes in this episode specifically came from, like, Jerry. Who is the data, who is the male in a beer commercial, right? So Yeah, so it's it, like... Yeah. 
Uh, so it's nothing. It's like taking in context of the jokes, like what character said them. Because, like for example, we talk about Cora all the time, and like Varric being like the most sexist character. Yeah, well, sh- that, that was during the period where Cora. I did argue that Cora was overall sexist, but yeah, uh, it's uh, also I just remembered the show has the uh, female dominated uh, alien episode. Yes. I don't even know what statement that was making about anything, right? I don't think it was saying anything. Uh, I mean, as like as a female, I enjoyed that episode. Like what um, is is it commenting on anything? I don't know. I don't think I mean, so. I mean, it's one of the, it's uh, well, it's another thing. It's also because like that's also a sci-fi trope, which yeah. is inherently sexist because it comes from a place where it's like, oh, we have to have an episode or a world where women rule because lol, it's not here. So like, that's so, it's one of those like kind of hard to talk about kind of topsy turvy kind of things because it comes from a place that is inherently sexist. So like so, so oh, like that comes that goes um, back to the if you're gonna parody heteronormativity you have to have heteronormativity right so just in the yeah. in the case that the show is satirical then uh, it has to function within these these realms sometimes um, and it's it's and in that regard it doesn't have a choice what its subject matter is right it needs to, it's covering trouted gun ground or whatever and then and then of course the entire female dominated episode was like ruined by a fart joke so. That's another like I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> maybe I blocked that out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we maybe we we might need to revisit that one. That episode's kind of yeah. perfect for this podcast. Actually, yes. <laughs> we can. I I remember thinking that episode was quite good, but we can talk about it later. Back. Okay. I feel like tell. Let me know if you have any thoughts on this. I don't even know how many people are going to listen to Rick and Rudy podcast in the first place. But if you have thoughts <laughs> on this entire twenty minute discussion. This is the theme now of this podcast. We talk for like half an hour about the actual content matter, and then we talk about um, social issues for we go another deeper. half an hour. That's what me and Mel have done on like every one of ours, and it continues no matter who we have on, as we see now. It is uh, it is a broader like calls delight overly animated thing about us, I guess. Okay, so let me know comments on this. I feel like we talked about it pretty intelligently. I'm very happy with that. Uh, so back to a wrinkle in time. Um, Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> overall, lady, uh, do we do? Would you would you agree with me that this is a uh, very very good, not uh, one of the best episodes of the show? Yes. Yeah. Um, like I liked it, but I mean, it's definitely not like heads and shoulders above like anything else. To me, this is like a uh, there's like the top tier, and then there's like the next tier, and this is the next tier plus because it has that incredibly interesting thing going for it. Yeah, with the split screen stuff they yeah. do. Uh, and I mean, like I said, I expect, I actually do expect more from the season, which is dangerous as we've seen with me and Steven universe right now. Um, I having inc- oh, yes. animation is so good on television right now. This show, Steven universe, gravity falls have it. It's, it's very dangerous to have these high expectations because what shows consistently are as good as Rick and Morty, almost nothing. Uh, so, but I, I need it to be even better for uh, me to get uh, what I get out of the I mean, show. I mean, we had it for Cora Book Three, so I'm gonna have hope. Cora Book Three is—I mean, I don't know how many people, probably everyone who's listening to this podcast, listen to Cora because that's only our only audience yeah. so far. But yeah, Cora Book Three is yes. the example. Like, what shows achieve that level yeah. of consistent quality? Almost none. Um, I this show has the potential to do so. It, at the end of season one, it did. It did do yes. that. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> anything else on this episode or rick and morty oh um the i didn't appreciate it until i watched it the second time through was that like if you're if you go it's like when the fourth dimension guy was like yeah the place with the dinosaurs if you hit the dolphin people yeah, gone the dolphin I for, obviously I'm stupid because I, I i forgot that it's a being in time i was like oh he's looking for the planet earth no 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 because I got it the second time through when he finally shows up. It's because, like, apparently, our, this reminds me of the Doctor Who, where it's like the lizard people were the original inhabitants of the yeah. Earth. So apparently sometime in our future, the dolphins will take over yes, the that Earth. Yes, is, that is what that joke is saying, yes. He's traveling and, time, not uh, distance, yeah. yeah. So, like, for anyone else, I mean, I hope no one's as dumb as I am, because I was like, oh... There's a, there's, look, funny. there's a lot going on in this episode. I don't know if that was one of the more uh, complex ones, but... I like, mean, I enjoyed it simply <laughs> because it was good. just like, yeah, no, what? I, oh, dolphin people. Yes, no, that was that was one of the better jokes of the... And I had to share that I was stupid, so... Because I didn't get it You don't it need to bring time. up every... Most people hide when they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they don't actively no. bring it up. I mean, in case anyone else happened to have that flip. What, any, any, any other things we didn't talk about? Uh, I don't... 
I, I feel like we. I mean, we di- it's we're different talking in this format because we we're not breaking down literally every second of the episode. Yeah, which I prefer not doing. Yes, because uh, it doesn't last. I thought hours. that I was worried we would only have fifteen minutes of discussion, but we have gone over an hour. So fears a <laughs> fears a swage there. I don't think we'll do this. I think we're going to be thirty minutes for the rest of the episodes this season, probably. Because yeah, we're not going to. We're well. I mean, this, this is a hopeful and a not hopeful thing that we're not going to have to have like the like social in talk. Le- every in, episode, unless the sh- yeah, unless the show does a Mr. Meeksy's type thing with Morty, right? There were like something that stands out. Like we're not going to have to do it about these little jokes in this one because like as we concluded they're not actively bad probably the jokes in this episode unless unless you do something really great and then it'll just be like yes something like very socially like it did with the animal treatment line honestly like that stood out yeah also we're biased uh, we're the biased audience here but yeah we're super biased (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) let me know if you listen to this whole thing i i do think there are a few people who listen to this who also listen watch rick and marty we'll see what our numbers are uh anyway i'm Dylan Ice and that's Delaney Stovall. Where can we find you, Delaney, online? Guru Korosami on Tumblr. Yes. Um, and and Delbari recently... S on Twitter, or did you change it? That's still it. It's pronounced Delbury, but that's how you spell it. Well, okay. Yes. Spell <laughs> it. Spelling is the importance. Yes. One. What, what, and, you re- and you recently what? Discovered um, Rick and Morty fanfic, uh, fan art, not fanfiction. Oh, God, I don't want to know about that. Fan art. So, come, if you follow me, you'll get to see cool fan art. Yeah, because there Rick, and, Rick and Morty following on Tumblr. That's an interesting combination. What uh, what do you ship in Rick and it's, Morty? It's, oh, God. <laughs> there are no ships in the show. I don't even, there are actually no ships. Good. That's, 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 we've discovered a shipless it's show. It's great. We're and, in a safe place. Because no one ships Beth and Jerry. Yeah, I guess you can ship Beth <laughs> like and Jerry. Everyone, but like, I don't, but I don't think anyone does. I don't because, ship Beth and Jerry, yeah. Because everyone's like, Jerry, can you not? Yeah uh it's okay oh I, this is something for later just no actually no, i'll just mention this after never mind for oh, me okay great that you pulled a sam good job <laughs> i'm welcome. dylan ova on tumblr and dylan underscore ova on twitter and you can find out everything about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. you can support our patreon if you liked what you if you actively enjoyed all the entire hour of this podcast you might be someone who would think about contributing to our patreon <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's what i would say on patreon.com slash overly animated huge thank you to our current patrons nate cordell shana beatriz mitch uh nathan fillion cordell university Haina, beatrix lestrange and fever mitch um you can get a cool quote-unquote cool nickname like this at by supporting our patreon and other rewards including the monthly patreon exclusive podcast um which i am not sure when we're gonna do it's presumably at the end of the month but patreon patreon works with their months weird it's like the beginning of the month the end of the month so maybe we'll wait for the beginning of the month i don't know and yeah you oh another thing you can do if you want to be really nice is leave us a review on itunes um i think we have four and they're all pretty positive so far so thank you guys and do you want a message to be like, if you listen to all of it to the end? Uh, I mean, just tell Yeah, actually do tell me if you listen to this entire thing. Send me an ask on Tumblr or email us. Our email address is on overlayanimated.com because I do kind of want to know. I, I suspect no one will. That's my prediction. No one will do it. <laughs> so prove like, me wrong. Do you want to have like a code? Like, well, the code, bro, just, the, you, the code would have to be messaged to me anyway because I'm not going to like check the hashtags on Twitter for it. That's a good so, point. Yeah, or you can, you can add us on Twitter. At us. That's not, you can tweet at us. That's the actual way to say it on Twitter as well. Uh, Anyway, uh, I think that's it, Delaney. Anything else good? Nope. Good. Yes, I think I'm very happy with this, actually. I didn't think (laughs) it would be. We're going to be covering the second episode next week. We'll be recording it out of time because I'm going to be on vacation. So it works out that this leaked. (laughs) So we can do it out of time. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Also, also it's the same night as Gravity Falls. uh, Or not. This is Sunday night. Gravity Falls is Monday night, but it'll be like the same thing. Yeah. So that's a lot. Two podcasts yeah, next Monday. There you go. Uh, anyway, that's all. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Yay. Bye. bye. Say bye again. We didn't hear bye. you. Bye. <laughs>